The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, and welcome to Sex Lives, the New York Magazine sex podcast. I'm Maureen O'Connor. David Wallace-Wells is out today, but with me today are Allison Davis of The Cut. Hey, Allison. Hey, Maureen. And Gawker's Rich Jeswiak, whose column on gay sexual culture, Pride and Shame, is one of my favorite studies of modern sex. Hey, Rich. Hi, thank you for saying that, Maureen. (laughs) Uh, So let's get to it. Today, we're going to be talking about how race plays out in the online dating market and what one sociologist calls the multiracial dating bonus. We're also talking about penis beauty standards. That is a fascinating study that quantified the attributes women care about when evaluating the aesthetic appeal of a dick. And finally, we'll discuss the cultural limits of romantic kissing, as in which world cultures consider kissing erotic and which do not. On to our first topic, the multiracial dating bonus. So we've known for a while uh, that the online dating market is pretty racist. Since 2009, OkCupid founder Christian Rudder has been publishing data that consistently shows that OkCupid users prefer to date within their own races, that Asian and black men receive fewer messages than white men, and that black women receive the fewest messages of all. But now, a team led by Texas sociologist Ken Hu Lin discovered a surprising twist. After analyzing 6.7 million initial messages between straight men and women in a mainstream dating site, they found that mixed-race daters who are part white, part minority actually do better than white daters. They called it the dividend effect, which is that mixed-race members of a race often perform better with members of each of their component races, as in a woman who is Hispanic and white would be more appealing to both whites and Hispanics. Um, Allison, I know you once characterized those OK Cupid findings as depressing. What do you make of this? I mean, that was like purely personal because I'm a, I'm a black woman, so the fact that like I get no OK Cupid messages makes my heart hurt. But also, it's just like it's hard to be confronted with all those racial biases, and like it, it makes this, the dating world something you can't control at all. No matter how like you know winning and sparkling your personality is, such as mine, like someone will look at my photo and say she's a black chick, I'm not going to message her back, or she's a an Asian woman, like yeah, I'm going to message her, which so is like gross. such a fetishization. Like it's just depressing. But why is it that black women receive the fewest messages? Like, what are those misconceptions that people have? I I honestly don't know. I could make some assumptions, but I'm, like, actually kind of hesitant to do so. I mean, people are just racist dicks. Like, (laughs) honestly, this is, like, a real question. Is it racist to have racial biases when dating? I mean, I think so. As somebody who doesn't, white gay men are so racist so much of the time that if I'm in the proximity of somebody, especially if it's somebody that I'm sleeping with, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he likes black guys and he's not black, or even if he is black, uh, I find that reassuring. I'm like, at least you're not hateful to the bone. Like at least that it's positive? At least, yeah, at least you're willing to be intimate with somebody who's black because there are so many people who are not. And it doesn't even make that much sense to me because you would think that if you're idiotic enough to be racist you're idiotic enough to believe stereotypes right. like of big black dicked men uh. and so uh, <laughs> and if you're gay that's probably what you want anyway you probably want a big dick so i i don't understand right. it at all it's 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 illogical i would say i mean i guess like you know people perceive black men as being thugs or black women as being I don't know, like, like angry black women and that's not attractive in the dating world. I mean, that's a horrible thing you to know, assume that people are thinking if they don't click on my OK Cupid profile. But I can't imagine. Yeah. What yeah. Else that, it that's is. what I would think. Right. Right. I will say even as, say, the 
person who's benefiting from the system. Um, I still find this completely like just repugnant and upsetting and gross. I was talking to a straight Asian male friend and he pointed out that he's like, you know, online dating doesn't work for me. And he was saying, I think, though, in person, people aren't as racist. I think when people are just like flipping through Tinder, they're sort of grabbing whatever their like initial stereotypical, oh, this person looks like a nerd or this person looks awesome. And that actually he was arguing puts people's stereotypes and prejudices like at an all-time high. So he was saying he thinks it's worse online dating than like IRL dating. I would believe that. But also like a counterpoint, do you think that, I don't know, people feel more free to be themselves and like indulge in their own prejudices and stereotypes? So that's like a hidden uh, thing inside you everyone. You may be yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just like, look at the way that the internet reduces people to their id, right. you know, yeah. and, and how freely people use the word love and hate and what kind of garbage they spit out. That right. they, I mean, that they would run the risk of getting punched in the face if they were to actually say these words. So my Asian male friend then is actually just that chicks are more polite in person and give them a chance, <laughs> whereas they're actually just racist jerks. Possibly, but also, but, but, oh, also so but also the the worst thing about online dating, I think, is that it, it you just do not get the sense of somebody's swagger right. and what that yeah. means. And that can be a very compelling thing that would win you over. I, I want to talk a little bit because I think where you're going with what you just said about finding this repugnant, yeah. even as somebody who benefits from it, is, is it because of fetishization and objectification? Completely. I mean, it's funny because when I think hard about it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what is so over the top offensive to me about fetishization. On one hand, you don't want to think somebody's dating you because they just like are into your race, which is like the creepiest thing in the world. Because that's built on stereotypes, too. Yeah. yeah. But the grossest thing to me is that I feel like it comes from both directions when you're half white, half Asian. That you Mm -hmm. get like the white dudes that are obsessed with Asia and just like any Asian woman. And then you get the sort of Asian guys that have the sense of like, oh, she's like whiter, but like still like kind of like me. This is somehow like special. It's so gross. The funny thing that this study also pointed out was that they said people of each minority group tended to prefer and were more responsive when responding to people who are mixed white versions of their own race. Uh, A black woman is more likely to respond to a half black, half white man than she is to a black man. Interesting. I'm questioning myself right now. Is that true? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or, you know, so the version for me would be like an Asian dude would be more willing to respond to a half white, half Asian girl like me. Who knows what, if it's self-hate or there's just some kind of just like the dominant mainstream beauty standards are so severe that we don't even realize what we're doing. So it's actually funny you said that because that was like an OkCupid stat that said like people prefer profiles of mixed race people. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, let me just see what happens if I say like check two boxes. Oh, really? I'm like, I'm like, you can't see me people, but I'm like a black woman. There's no mistaking me for anything else. But like some people think I'm Dominican. So I put um, that I was black and Hispanic and my views like tripled that day. It was insane. And then I was like, let me try black and white. Again, like I got so many more messages just by diluting my blackness. um, Oh, my God a lot more responses that That is crazy. It is crazy. It's like really, it's depressing. I I think I have a different perspective slightly on objectification, Mm -hmm. possibly because I'm male and I, nothing that scary is going to happen to me. You know know what I (laughs) mean? Like I'm just, I'm just not that vulnerable to men in the same way Mm -hmm. that women are. And also because I've actually never dated per se online. I've had lots of sex through (laughs) Uh (laughs) online 
apparatuses. But for me, in those instances, it's like you better be objectifying me. Like that is uh-huh. what I absolutely want during sex. And and it actually led me. I'm working on a story about gay little people because there, there there's a show on a Lifetime called Little Women L.A. Right. Uh, little Women New York is the one that I was watching. And, and this one woman was setting up her um, online dating profile, and she said she didn't put in her height because she didn't want to attract weirdos. Um, Ah, perverts and be objectified like that. I was aware of two gay little people, men, Uh that are in New York. And so basically the entire reason for interviewing them was, would you be objectified? Uh, Because I suspected it was a little bit different for men. And while they both said that there are people who have been like super creepy about it and just over the line weird, Uh if you're hot and you're curious about what it's like to sleep with a gay little person, they will let you. Interesting. Somebody was like, "I've always wanted to sleep with a black shit. Can we make that happen?" I actually would not feel okay with it. Like, yeah. I don't think no, okay that's a like shut it down immediately. Yeah, like, to I'm the point that out. if somebody even is just kind of like, "What kind of Asian are you?" Then I'm like, "Shut it down. Get out of here. Wow. <laughs> You're not allowed to speak to me anymore." Although um, it has been pointed out to me that I'm extremely racist in the way I deploy that. In that, if a white dude asks me that, that I'm like, "Out of here. Like, calling 911. You're not allowed." <laughs> Whereas, like, if another minority is like, "What kind of minority are you?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Are you an immigrant's child too? Let's right. talk about it. It's well, common ground. So you exactly. just simply so you just you just expect if a white person's asking, they have some weird kind of ulterior motives. You know what? And the most thing that's like completely fucked up about this is like my dad's a white guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Why no. am I so crazy about that this? So I think it's just like some kind of oh my god, Allison. No, sorry, sorry guys. Sorry. <laughs> take it back. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's. I mean, some of it's. I think a lot of that is learned behavior. You know that like. The first times I think I was ever skeeved out by a dude hitting on me was the dudes obsessed with anime that I met when I was 18 and yeah. got to college. I guess maybe that's my bias. In grinder settings, yeah. settings like that, it's really socially acceptable to be like, I don't like Asians. And, and to, a, to a lesser degree, no black guys either. Do you think that's more acceptable in gay male settings than in the hetero world? I haven't like looked at Tinder to see if that's yeah. how people are talking, but people talk like that all the but time like, on Grindr. My reaction level, would that be uncommon in the gay oh, world? Oh, your reaction my, level like, to be Oh my like, God, this is horrible. Down? This is so bad. Um, I mean, I've certainly talked to plenty of people that I ended up sleeping with about where they're from and what yeah. their makeup is. And I maybe they just understood that I was coming from a place of genuine curiosity. Uh-huh. Um, but And it's weird because every single guy that I've had a meaningful relationship has been non-white. Mm-hmm. Latin, actually, most oh, really? of the time. Yeah. And I mean, I really like Latin men a lot. <laughs> but um, I mean, my, my current boyfriend is Puerto Rican, you know. Uh-huh. But it feels like a coincidence. And, yeah. and I don't know. Maybe there's something that I'm responding to culturally in terms of the passion. The men that I've been with have been extremely passionate in, I guess, a stereotypical Latin way, you would say. And I respond to that. I mean, I love passion. I'm dramatic myself. <laughs> but but um, I think talking about race yeah. and stuff is a inherently fascinating conversation. I mean, we're having a conversation right, right now about yeah. it. Yeah, that is know? fascinating right. and confusing. I mean, I question my own sort of like knee-jerk reaction to that, yeah. especially because I realize like the extent of my double standard is so crazy that I'm like, this guy is great. He's not white. Like, yeah. I'm like, get pumped about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm being very unfair. But like, it's really only when white people like yeah. have some fetishes or just... I guess I just really police white people in a way I don't. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, <laughs> whether like that, I don't think that's necessarily unfair and certainly understandable. Yeah. I, I think that white people need to be policed in a way. Yeah, you know? I also happen to think that it's not racist for a minority to want to date other minorities. 
but it is racist for a white person to only want to date white people. Ooh, let me unpack that for a second. My logic behind it, I think, is that as a minority, there is some kind of actual experience that, like, you can sort of grab onto. And sometimes that can feel really valuable to say, like, you experience this the way I do with somebody else um, and to sort of commune in that way. I think it's that there's just more sort of of a cultural need for some people or emotional need that way to feel like you're connecting based on a thing that you encounter sort of every day in this right. real way that, you can that understand I don't know if right. whiteness do. has that. Right. Well, no, I mean, you think think about the, the, the people who um, are most invested in black culture. They're intellectuals. They're people who've changed the world in a positive way, I would say. The people who are interested in white culture yeah. are terrifying. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> so, Thank you for so, breaking that down, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Like, but, where is this coming from? No, but, but, but also about to my me, father. No. I wouldn't necessarily think, because I'm from a white family yeah. and have watched generations mm-hmm. of, and can, can look at generations of people who've made babies with other white people, I would have that same amount of suspicion if a white person only wants to date or sleep with white people it's like you're probably have some kind of fucked up things going on right. without actually yeah them. just just like watch them you know with a yeah keep, keep an eye on them that is you know? totally how i feel Police about it them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about racial preference and prejudice in dating and now let's move on to our second topic Penis beauty standards. <laughs> All week, New York Magazine's most read list has been dominated by an article entitled, Here Are Your Penis Beauty Standards. Allison, you wrote this stunning article. <laughs> Can you explain it to us? Sure. Um, so it was a study um, published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine. So it's like legitimate. Guys, yeah. real like peer tested, <laughs> all that approved. And um, so it, a bunch of Swiss researchers set out to help men who have a disorder that I can't pronounce. I'm sorry. Uh, I won't even try to butcher it. But where the urethra is on the underside of their penis. And so they get a surgery to correct it. But many of them complain to their surgeons like, my penis doesn't look normal. Women are going to see this and they're going to be so concerned with like that the hole is to the left or like it used to be down there and they're going to know. And so they did this study um, polling 105 women from various ages from 16 to 45 to rate uh, what they thought was most important when they're judging the attractiveness of of a penis. And so based on this questionnaire, they determined that there are eight things to look at. Most important is general cosmetic appearance, which makes like no it's no like, sense. Yeah. No sense. Yeah, right? what it's makes like, a pretty penis? Right. Number one thing, pretty. Pretty. You're a pretty penis. So number 2 is uh pubic hair, which I totally get. Like weird pubes are a total turn off. Number 3 is penile skin, which I guess what skin is that quality, like skin tone quality yeah anyway. Um penile girth, which I also get. Like it's number 4. Number 4, which is an important it's high up All there. Right. Um, number five, shape of glands. What is the gland What's at the it? end? Is it yeah, it's the head. It's the head, right? So, like, and there no are many mushroom, bulbous yeah. clown nose, right? Exactly, plum like, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, number six is length. And number seven is scrotum appearance. And then the last is position and shape of meatus. I quote, which is the position of the urethra, which these guys were so worried about. So now they can put that worry to rest. Nobody cares what your urethra looks like as long as your pubes are maintained. The pee hole, the known pee as the hole. meatus. The meatus, we have it's all a great now. word. I have to say, I mean, do you guys agree with these this rankings of the standards? No. Um, I would assume length would be a little bit I higher. I was shocked that girth and length were on the bottom half of the list. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah. the, uh, number one is some bullshit. Number right. two isn't even the actual dick. It's the pubic hair. But like, I, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to defend that. But man. you think really? that should be yeah. that high? 
I I think so. Like, ugh, I don't know. I don't, I don't weird, think I react to pubes really. Like sparse I, pubes, you get nervous. Like too many pubes, you also like worry about you know your. I don't know. It's Function, I, I, functionally, I mean, yes. <laughs> I've encountered dicks where it's been like you really need to cut this. Like you're doing yourself a disservice. It. But I think I think girth is probably where it ought to be. Right? That feels like a good enough ranking for it. Well, see, no, the funny thing is, as I look at this list, well, two things to note. First of all, they were it was all women ranking, right? Right. right. So this is only how women feel about men's dicks. But the other is that they were looking at flaccid dicks, too. Right. Yes, which I think was a real disservice to the study. And I think it makes me wonder whether you're looking at a flaccid dick, as a chick at least, or, I mean, anyone, whether you're actually thinking about desirability or it's more of like a grossness management situation, you know? That, like, when I look at this list, I'm like, actually, they're just talking about, like, the things that could be most disastrous, right? Like, (laughs) penile skin, don't let it be disgusting. So you think that if it was an an erect penis, then, like, the list would be completely different? I don't know, but then even when I'm looking at a flaccid dick, I still feel like I pay attention to the girth and length before I notice the pubes, I have to say. Guess, totally. But you also know that there's no correlation to, like, what happens later, you know? When it's... Well, yeah, but you still look. Okay. <laughs> don't you? Totally. I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, there's, like, a slight correlation. If you have yeah. eight inches soft, you can only imagine what's going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to shrink. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could be surprised. Yeah, you know, the, I guess it's also true as one who doesn't have a penis, that when I encounter a penis, it's usually already hard. Right. Like, I don't usually see it flaccid till after. Yeah, and in general, if if I'm seeing soft dicks, it's in a locker room, in which case yeah. it's like, uh, you know, women just don't weigh in on that at all. Like, that's yeah. that's a male space, you know? Right. I feel, I feel like having a nice, soft dick is for men, in the same way that, like... <laughs> Women dress for other women. Men have nice, soft dicks for other men because that's when you're in you're in a locker room. That's right. like the only time that it really would be on display. Okay, so as someone who sees lots of nice, soft dicks, yeah. um, how is this list? Is this is this right? Is, I mean, are there things here that don't matter to you? Like, uh, I, I would say number one would be length in okay. that in that case. It's, even it's always, you guys yeah, are a even hard soft. audience. Totally, even. <laughs> But Even you don't soft. have any of that sort of like Greek statue thing when it's this is the the lie no. I tell this is horrible. Any dudes <laughs> who have slept with me and have heard me say this, then they're gonna feel so bad right, right now. Right. But the lie I say to men with small dicks, I'm like, it's like a Greek statue. Right. You know, they're always like and, and they they're, always, that? they're always More they're always they're always growers yeah. in those situations, you know? <laughs> oh god, that's so nice. Actually I'm probably is that, just, is that did, enough to placate a guy though? Does he can you tell that that lifts his spirits about his Dick. I guess when they have a small dick, do they know that you think they have a small dick and you have to quickly say something nice to make up for it? You know, it could be that I'm just like a disastrous person for all men's <laughs> egos. I do feel like a decent number of my hookups at some point ask about how their dicks measure up. Oh. Wow. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just <laughs> offering unsolicited. I don't think I'm offering unsolicited opinions. I think I just talk about like everything that happens during sex incessantly. Right. Right. Fun. Hence and why I have really this job. Fun. Yeah. Then I'm uh, like, yeah. oh, look at your penis. That was interesting. Sometimes <laughs> I like flip into critic mode and I just find myself talking and talking and talking about what just happened. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This is what I do for my life. When you're I'm like, you're like in doing a movie criticism. <laughs> exactly, that you're like, exactly. the apex could have been a little more cinematic. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> a little trite. <laughs> Okay, I have to also ask about penile skin. A lot of our commenters are discussing uh, foreskin or lack thereof. Yeah, I'm I can't believe foreskin, right? There are definitely guys that um, perf- have one preference or another. But thinking about this, I actually am very open-minded about <laughs> all of this You're stuff. You're so open about yeah. this. <laughs> well, it's never. I mean, it's never. I would never really complain about a dick 
unless it didn't work. Right. That's my only concern. And then yeah. that's like, that's an ego thing with me, I think. Right. Like, I, I think I'd only complain about an ugly dick if it was a dick pic because like right. the thing, they're supposed right. to be beautiful then and right. if you're sending me your ugly penis, yeah. like, well, what is that doing you know, for me? You yeah. work on your lighting, you facetune. Facetune is only useful when you're like facetuning like your butt or what sex. Is- Oh my god, that's the that's the one where you like little little mini Photoshop, and I like have literally never heard of somebody using it on their face. You do it to like erase your cellulite when you're taking an ass pic. Good to know. You guys download it; it's like three dollars or something. Totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Your sexting (laughs) game will never be better. (laughs) Make sure you're photoshopping them. (laughs) Seriously, well, people do. You know, I mean, uh, that's that's common. I have to say, I don't know if I'm alone in this. Every single time I see a dick, it seems A, ginormous, and B, utterly weird looking. Because I think there's just intuitively, as somebody who like doesn't see a huge number of penises, didn't start seeing them until a certain point in my life, a penis is just an unintuitive looking thing. Like just extending for no reason several inches, it looks bizarre. It's like an internal organ on the outside. So in that sense, whenever dudes are like, am I big enough? I'm like, of course, because like it's ginormous. What the fuck is this thing? It's huge and it's out there. I don't think I've ever had such a like a heady response to seeing yeah. a dick. If we talk about the I'm existence saying, of the penis. More just like, I just destroy cool. the ego of every man I sleep with, yep, don't good, I? Good luck. I definitely don't think they're always huge. Yeah. But I do think there often is when they're in full, you know, working condition, something weird and, and scary and Cronenbergian about this <laughs> thing that's like sticking out and throbbing and veiny and pointing in a weird direction. It just seems like, you know, like sometimes it's moving by itself. Like it's just going to it seems like something that could like you know like hurt you it's hot allison or you're hot like this is horrifying i need a moment by myself (laughs) (laughs) take a sip of water oh wait but i do want people to tell me their prettiest penis stories oh yeah your fairy tales Yeah. (laughs) yeah do you guys remember like the most beautiful penis of your life yeah me too i can think of it right now what were you like? This is a beautiful penis yeah. in that moment. I even said, I said that this is a beautiful. You have a beautiful penis. And How I did the he react? Vein, he was like, "Oh, I never thought of it like that before." Really? Like, he was very flattered. I think. I've seen so many dicks that I couldn't possibly <laughs> <laughs> rank She's them. The winner. But I would like to actually point out that one of the best uh-huh. um, that I've seen belonged to an Asian guy. Um, so as to tie in Thank you. Uh, last segment, but also the myth of the small Asian penis, which is ridiculous, and I can't believe it's perpetuated as mm. much as it is. Um, easily eight inches, straight, fully functioning, rose to a really good angle. I think that's really important. <laughs> oh, yeah, the angle. Much like in the sky. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that is appreciation. Some guys' dicks just, like, sort of get hard and stay hanging. <laughs> You know, which is fine. I, you know, your yeah. dick is your dick. Yeah, it's but like, but something that actually like uh, voices excitement in <laughs> in terms of the degrees to which it is pointed in the air, I think is amazing. This is the most poetic description of a dick. <laughs> yeah, ever. I'm like moved. This I'm, is I, beautiful. You know, I, I do a lot of thinking about this. So yeah. also, yeah. Marie, I like how you said thank you. Like you can take like ownership over the Asian dicks. Yeah, you you know, yeah, that's disgusting. And yes, well, no, I just think it's really important that like people know that people of all races. I've seen tiny dicks on every race right. and big dicks right. on every all race. Colors Let's and put it that way. Small dicks. Yes. Yeah. So moving on now, before things get far too hot in here, <laughs> it's so hot. We can move to a more chaste note, or perhaps not. Our final topic is the cultural relativity of kissing. 
A study published in American Anthropologists surveyed 168 modern world cultures, that is cultures that have existed in like the last century, and they found that only 46% of them partook in, quote, lip-to-lip contact that may or may not be prolonged, also known as romantic kissing. Does that surprise you guys? I don't think so. I think that kissing is less intuitive than sex. Yeah. Before I ever, like, French kissed anybody, there was a lot of thinking about it and studying it and and practicing. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas sex, I mean, I guess maybe I studied it through porn and stuff, but it felt like, well, you just do whatever you want with your body, whereas with kissing, it's like there's a right way. And I've actually been critiqued more about kissing than sex, I would say. Totally. Yeah. But also like biologically our bodies like need to procreate. So I'm sure they just Mm -hmm. know what to do in terms to do that. And kissing is like a like a little flare on it. You don't need to kiss to have sex. I mean, I kiss my boyfriend all the time, but sometimes we have sex without kissing and it's kind of fun to be like we're Acting like whores, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, animal, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and another thing about kissing, too, though, is that I think it's weird when people kiss and don't have sex. It's like my tongue is in your mouth and I'm what? going to come. I, like, love a makeout that doesn't go anywhere. No, but, like, I, I, I love can't. it. Like, I have dance no floor time makeouts? for that. What would my life be without a dance floor I, makeout? I, as as I it, love dance well, floor I understand, makeouts. Look, I understand if you're in a situ- if you're in an environment where sex just wouldn't be possible without breaking the law or putting yourself in some kind of risk. <laughs> 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 the only time a kiss can't be followed by sex is when you're going to break the law, says Rich Jusmack. Yes, that is how I live my life. Absolutely. So you guys don't like kiss goodbye kiss hello uh, oh yeah i mean but but if we kiss hello in all likelihood we will be having sex very soon and <laughs> your relationship sounds awesome it, it's just actually have a lot more really sex awesome. than everyone rich I, I mean he's 27 and just an, an animal i i mean like i i have had you know i've had experiences where i have not ha- had enough sex to my liking and this is almost like a be careful what you wish for moment where I am <laughs> routinely exhausted He's so maybe just... you just can't kiss him because you're going to unleash a tidal wave <laughs> oh, that's well, absolutely true in the cage. totally totally <laughs> I mean, I think some of like the like the best makeouts I've had are ones where like you just know like we can't have sex, we're not gonna have sex. Let's prolong the sex for as long as we can, and the makeouts are so satisfying. Well, because then right? it's really about the the sensation and pleasure of the kiss itself. Right, you're not just doing it as you're like quick amuse bouche before you get to the real <laughs> event. That you're like, right. this is it. Well, it is quite intimate. It, yeah. in, in, to a certain degree, it makes sense when people feel like I can't kiss you, but I can fuck you. Because Absolutely. I don't want to like get that involved, you right. know. I mean, again, like yeah, it's, hookers, well, <laughs> you, know? Right, it's, you know, pretty woman. <laughs> well, pretty woman, that's right. her thing. That she doesn't, she doesn't want to. She won't right. kiss on the mouth, and then when, she does. When I have sex with people, and like there is not a lot of kissing, I do feel like a little detached from the whole situation right. because like there's a an intimacy step missing. Well, there, there was this college guy that I slept with a few years ago who was not very at terms with his sexuality. He was just sort of coming into it. Right. And and he wouldn't kiss. And then a few months later, he was kissing, and I took that as a sign of great progress. Yeah. Like you're more okay with yourself it's than intimate. you were before. Yeah. It's your face-to-face. You're Tongue making to eye contact, right? I once read actually an entire, I think the only book written that is 100% about kissing is this book called um, The Science of Kissing by Cheryl Kirschenbaum. Wow, and you read that. And I actually read it. <laughs> it was actually very good. Uh, it sounds yeah, potentially crazy. I'll, I'll um, it. It's really crazy. She talks about these anthropologists and scientists who point out that there are all these sort of things like kissing in terms of having like nuzzling or things that put people face to face and in intimate circumstances. And that some people argue that that's sort of the same function as kissing. Nuzzling? Um, it's like rubbing my face on your face? There are cultures where people like pick up the hand of a loved one and like 
pat their slap their face with it. Our listeners can't he- like see me doing that. Right. Or um, the so-called Eskimo kiss, right. which is okay. actually in the Inuit kiss called the Kunik, I believe. I'm sure I don't know how to pronounce it. What they actually do is, is you put your nose and you like sort of snuffle and sort of like suck the person's like skin against your nostrils. I love that. In between your upper lip and your, we're all sitting here like <laughs> yeah. snipping yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Snuffle ourselves. Um, yeah. Well, time a butterfly landed like right on top of my lip and I inhaled and its wings like yeah. it went right up against my nostrils. So, so you I... did like an intense Inuit makeout with a butterfly. On the street, yes. Oh and so I did so not funny. end up fucking that butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the exceptions to my rule. <laughs> I think on that note, the butterfly that Rich did not fuck will sign off. Uh, that's it for Sex Lives. Our producer is Sam Dingman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. For Allison Davis and Rich Juzwiak, I'm Maureen O'Connor. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.